0: Hello, everyone. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Today was pretty cool. My guest on this episode is Courtney Ackerman. She holds a Master of Arts in Positive Organizational Psychology. Um, She's a researcher for the state of California, and uh, we had a fascinating conversation, Um, delved deep into a lot of the psychology stuff, and we got into, you know, subjects like self-awareness, living in the now, being present-minded, which is something that you know, we all kind of struggle with and I think is really important and gets lost a lot in modern day society today um, We also talked about meditation Which I know nothing about but it was really fascinating to hear her describe it and how much it helps with that self-awareness and that um, being present-minded She has a new book coming out called midnight meditations that comes out on june 8th just a little over a week away, I think and I'm going to be nailing that one. Like, I'm going to get on Amazon and pre-order it, like, soon, because it has a lot to do with, I believe, from what I understand, um, dealing with helping get back to sleep, helping get better sleep, which is something that's so vital. Like, I think a lot of times we undervalue how important sleep is in our lives and how it affects our day-to-day behavior and our ability to function. That is so important. So, I hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm not going to talk anymore without further do here is Courtney. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am joined by Courtney Ackerman. Um, You contribute a great deal to positive psychology, which I think is really cool. That's something I've only recently discovered. Um, And I think a lot of people know, at least in a general sense, what psychology is. Uh, Most of us who went to college at least had to take like a psych 101 class. When we're referring to, I guess, specifically positive psychology, um, what what exactly term does that entail?
1: So positive psychology is, um, it's basically a shift in perspective from, from traditional psychology. So uh, traditional psychology over the last you know, 60 or 70 years has really focused on the negative. It's really focused on um, abnormal psychology, on clinical psychology, um, on things that can go wrong. Um, and positive psychology is sort of a, a sort of a correction to that focus on the negative um, to turn it towards the positive. So instead of just looking at, you know, what goes wrong and um, the, the negative and the, the, the unpleasant side of life, it looks at uh, the good things. It looks at what makes us thrive and what makes us flourish and what makes us happy and you know, the top performers and the, the people who do amazing things, you know, the people who are sort of the outliers in the positive direction instead of in the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of a separate field, but still all part of psychology. It's just, um, it's just like, hey guys, you know, we've been looking at this kind of depressing stuff for a really long time, which is good, <laughs> right? Like we need to look at all that depressing stuff. It's very important. But like, hey, maybe we check out this like gratitude and optimism stuff too.
0: That's not a bad idea. Yeah, my, my hat's off to whoever came up with that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. the, um, one of the things that I thought was interesting is I had read one of the articles that you did on positivepsychology.com, which anybody out there listening who's never been there, um, I highly recommend it. Um, but you had done an article on self awareness, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because it was it was sort of one of those things that I never, I think, really intellectualized myself, like never really sat down and tried to really take in what that means. Um, so I, in that sense, I'm just going to give the floor to you. What would you define as self-awareness?
1: Yeah. So you'll sort of find a lot of different definitions of self-awareness. Like it's one of those things that like, we all kind of have an idea of what it means, but when it gets down to actually defining it, it's kind of tough. Um, but generally self-awareness is, um, realizing that you are not your thoughts. You're the one who's experiencing them. Um, it's, it's. Being aware um, of your own thought processes, your own thought patterns, um, being aware of, you know, what makes your emotions spike in this certain direction or uh, that you have a tendency to think this way after this happens, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's getting to know yourself really in, in the way that you will get to know people around you really well. Um, like, I think we are really good at building awareness of others that we, especially if we spend a lot of time with them, like, you know, your partner or your best friend, or, you know, your, um, your colleagues at work, like you get to know them on this level of, of, um, knowing their tendencies, being able to like predict how they're going to react to things. Uh, but we don't always apply that to ourselves. Uh, so self-awareness is, is basically getting to know ourselves um, as if we are sort of our, our own whole unique other person, which we are, you know, it's sort of a different way of thinking about it. I think we, we often sort of forget that we are our own, (laughs) our own person, our own little, um, little cog in the greater machine. Um, and, and we, we forget to treat ourselves as, as an individual unique person. Mm -hmm. And that's what self-awareness is about is realizing that you are.
0: That's kind of a, that's so true. And it's kind of a trippy way to think about it, kind of an existential way of being like, you are. I love the way you put that. You are not your thoughts. You are the one experiencing your thoughts. Right. That is so cool. That's a neat way to look at that. Um, <laughs> and what, how would you recommend to someone improving that?
1: Well, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but. Um sort of the main ways are are to first just to to carve out some space to be alone um to sit with yourself you know going back to that idea that we don't really treat ourselves as like our own individual person like when you love someone you want to spend time with them right but we we so rarely carve out time to spend with ourselves and if we love ourselves then we should want to spend time with ourselves right like we can be fun. We can have a good time on our own. We can, you know, learn and grow and, and do great things on our own. And, and, and we forget that a lot. Um, at least I certainly have forgotten it at at many points. Um, so first just taking time, uh, to yourself, just, just making actual space and time for you to be alone, no matter what that is, you know, whether you're practicing a hobby or whether you're just sitting and staring at a wall, you know, whatever it is, just do it, spending some time alone. Um, and then mindfulness practice is a really, really big one too. Um, and mindfulness practice is just, uh, just being in the moment, just being here, being present, um, not thinking about, you know, the past, not thinking about the future, not trying to problem solve or make plans or, um, or think about anything really too deeply. It's just being here, just being in this moment, knowing what it feels like to be in your body right now in this moment. You know, noticing what's going on around you, seeing the, um, you know, looking at my tree that's kind of gently swaying in the breeze out there, and hearing the birds outside my window, and just just being here. And that's something that our uh, world is sort of designed to keep us from doing. Right? There's always a distraction. There's always tv and there's our phones and there's the internet and there's people constantly coming and going and there's this pressure to be busy and to always be doing um and it just takes away all of that time to just sit and and be here not worry about what's coming next um not you know trying to make any big plans or or solve any huge problems but just to be um Mm. especially the western world is just not good at being, right. It's all about doing, we need to do, um, but just being, uh, is, is really important for a lot of reasons and it can help you get to know yourself on a much deeper level. Um, and then on that same track, things like yoga, uh, can really help you ground yourself in your body. Um, and then asking people that you trust can be a good way to gain some self awareness, um, because they're going to see a little sides of you that you maybe don't, you know, we all have our blind spots. Um, so asking for some honest feedback from people that you, um, people that you respect people that you trust is a good way to build your own self-awareness. Um, and you know, you can remember that they, d- they don't know everything, right? You can ask people and they're like, oh, I think you really do this all the time. And it's like, what? No, I don't. <laughs> it's, not, it's not true at all. Um, But generally it can help you build up a picture. You know, if you ask five or six different people, you put it all together and, you know, everyone is saying, oh, you do X a lot. Maybe it's like, oh, okay, I probably do X. I should think about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe even ask the person, you know, who hates your guts. Yeah. Like, hey, what do you think about me? If you want the brutal honesty, just ask them like, why do you hate me? Oh, okay. I guess I never thought about it that way. Um, Yeah you know, it's so interesting. I'm, I don't know if I'm reading this book right now um, called Tribe by Sebastian Younger. I don't know if you've ever Mm, heard of it. I haven't. Um, He's just a crazy guy. He's done a lot of war journalism and stuff like that. And he wrote this book. It's not a long book. Um, And the title of the book, like I said, is Tribe. And it's sort of like about what that word means, like Mm -hmm. historically speaking. And he had sort of made the observation I thought was interesting is that when you go back hundreds of thousands of years when humans lived in, you know, roving bands of 20 to 50 people, um, your life in, was less stressful, but in a different way, you know what I mean? Like, um, and so that sort of like being able to be self-aware and be in tune with the world around you was so much more present, of course, you know, and he doesn't make an argument like whether that was better or today's better, obviously. Mm -hmm. Life mortality back then was way worse. Life expectancy was way worse. You know, you, you were worried about your kids getting eaten by a tiger or something like that. Um, yeah. But on the flip side, now we're in this modern day society, you know. And I think that's one of the biggest things about self awareness. Just like you were you were saying, is that it's almost something you have to like at the beginning, sort of force yourself to carve out, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because you have so many stress going on. You have life. You've got work. You've got children. You've got your bills that are due, you know, this thing that you have to catch the next thing that you got to be to. And I, I think you're 100% right. How important it is to just take time and carve it out and just, you know, if this is just me. This is just sort of like personal self-reflection time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it reminds me of I can't remember who said it now, but some, some quote that's like, you know, you must meditate for at least 30 minutes a day. And if you don't have time to meditate for 30 minutes a day, then meditate for 60 minutes a day. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's um, it's, it's, it's vital. It really is. I mean, unless you're already just a super self-aware person and, and very mindful and, and throughout your, your daily, you know, life. Um, it's, it's really vital to take time, um, for yourself to take time to, to tap in. Uh, otherwise you, you kind of get lost, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of, who, who even are you, if you don't even know who you are, um, sort of an odd question. It's like, it's like letting, letting everyone around you and everything around you and your job and this and that, um, define you because you're not kind of actively defining yourself, um, Mm -hmm. every day.
0: Well, and they, it's now coming, become a post that I've seen several times on social media that, you know, sort of hits it at the nail on the head where it says, take time, you know, for yourself. You know, if you drop dead today, your job would replace you by noon, Yep. you know? And I, I, unfortunately I talked to people like that who, you know, and I was just talking to a friend, a really good friend of mine who has a hobby that he's really passionate about. And he's been really stressed that he hasn't been able to have any time for it because things have been so great crazy at work and he's been having to pick up overtime to help out and you know I just kind of have feeling you know you don't want to you don't want to be on your deathbed and say you know I didn't get done half the stuff I wanted to but man I was a really great employee there for a while you know what I mean like you've got to make sure because at the end of the day you're the one who matters not you know yep. corporate job whatever absolutely mm-hmm and the, um, and you,
1: you know that sounds selfish to a lot of people, but it it's really true. Like you you're born alone, and and you'll pass from this world alone, and in between you can fill it with some amazing people. But you are the only constant in your own life. You know you are the only one that's going to be there from beginning to end. And you so you have first and foremost responsibility for yourself mm-hmm. for making your own life one that you um, are proud of.
0: For sure, yeah, absolutely, and we. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for work ethic. I mean, for sure. I mean, that's something that as a society, we like push, like be the hard worker, go get them, go get them, go get them. But if you don't have a balance, then that that's, you kind of become all that. And then you, you know, you begin to lack self-awareness and you begin to lack all that stuff that I think really at the end of the day makes life enjoyable.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Work is, work is great. And especially if it's something that you're really passionate about. Um, But no one should be working in all of their, all of their available time, right? Mm -hmm. Like going back to, um, to our, our ancient ancestors, you know, hunting out on the prairie, they didn't hunt for 40 hours a week. They hunted for probably like five, six hours a week, you know, and (laughs) like they, they didn't spend all of their time hunting and building and doing this. If, if you look back at, you know, what little we know about them, they had a lot of leisure time. They had a Mm -hmm. lot of time to, gather around the fire and tell stories and to connect with each other and to learn um and and we're just so you know 40 is the minimum and every hour after that you know your x percent you know higher status or something I, there's just this
0: like this, it's not bonus points man.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> there's this, this pressure to always be busy and always be doing things and you know if you're not mm-hmm. busy then uh, you're you're clearly not important enough, you know, to be. Yeah. To if, be you're work,
0: is, if you're not working, if you're not working your hands to the bone, you're lazy.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: and yeah. gosh, you, you know, and it was, it was interesting um, again, referencing the same book. I was talking about exactly that. And even like when we see these like tribes, these remote tribes that exist today that still operate and that kind of thing um, granted, there are a lot of pros and cons to that on the flip side you see a lot of things like depression is virtually non-existent. Mm -hmm. Um, Suicide is virtually non-existent. Um, Mental illness. Yeah. But I mean, to the extent where we're talking clinically, I mean, there are some things chemically that just, you know, regardless of where you live and where you raise is going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. And I I find that telling me how much more important it is, just like we were talking about to carve out that time, to make sure that you have, you know, that you have that balance in your life because otherwise, you know, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. for sure absolutely yeah the, the um i i love the living in the now the present minded mm-hmm. which is gotta be i don't know do you think that's like a, a difficult thing for a person to attain does it just take a lot of sort of rewiring of your brain to get there
1: i think so yeah it's it's not a difficult thing to to do uh on a moment you know on a moment's basis like we could, we could do a quick mindfulness thing right now and get really in, into the present moment and be very grounded and be very here, um, but, but thoughts just pop up. That's what they do. You know, Their job is to pop up when we um, have nothing else going on. It's like, oh, well, better fill this slot uh, and our, our brain will just pop something in and, and it'll distract us and it'll get us thinking about the past or about the future. Or, and uh, so it's, it's something that's simple to do But to do it on a regular basis to make it your sort of norm takes a lot of practice, Mm -hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, don't want to scare anybody off from doing it, but it does. It, It certainly does take practice. It's not just like a flip of the switch and, you know, suddenly you're. You're mindful. (laughs)
0: It, um,
1: it takes some, it takes some practice. Uh, you know, I, I still, I still struggle certainly on, on many days. Um, some days it's like, oh yeah, everything's great. I'm in the moment. This is wonderful. Look at that leaf. Um, and then other days I'm like totally bogged down and you know, this thing that I have to do tomorrow and the next day and planning for this. And, um, so it's, you know, it's part of being human is, is that struggle, that struggle to, to find balance.
0: Well, in modern society, we get tunnel vision so easily, so so easily, easily. you know, you just, you're like, okay, I got to go to work. And then after this, I got to be here. And I got to remember to respond to that email and uh, make sure this weekend, you know, you've got that get together with so-and-so on gosh, before I do this, I need to make sure I, and then that's just like your constant narrative in your head of keeping Mm -hmm. track of the schedule. At the same time, there's little pop-ups just like, you know, on your computer of like, hey, do you remember last week when you said something really stupid to the barista? You know, (laughs) and those things just keep coming at you to just be able to like, be able to block all that out. That's like, um, that's like some kind of essence of Zen. You know, I feel like I have to go to a a Buddhist temple to like, I don't know, study for like months to learn how to do that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, a a gentle correction on, on mindfulness. It's not blocking all of that out. It's allowing it to come and go. Right. So it's not like I am completely Zen. I have no thoughts, you know, it's, um, it's, oh, look, a thought, but instead of getting attached to it and following it down that rabbit hole, you're just like, huh. And then you let it go. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's, it's, I totally get what you mean about like, oh, remember that stupid thing you said to the barista? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, that happens all the time. Um, and just to take that example, it's like, um, like your brain brings that up, right? You're trying to go to sleep or you're trying to do something and, and your brain's like, oh, hey, remember when you told that barista to also enjoy her coffee? Like, exactly. Well, like, aren't you stupid? You know, Instead of going, oh my God, I am. I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. It's just, it's going, huh, interesting. I wonder why my mind's trying to bring that up now. Mm-hmm. Or it's going like, huh, yeah, but we all do that. You know? Yeah. And then just sort of just letting it pass on by. Mm-hmm. It's it's um there's a, a exercise that I've written about, I think in a couple of my books, because I really like it. It's about um letting your mind be the sky and letting your thoughts be clouds. And so, so you're sitting there, you're the sky, you're expansive, you're, you're huge, you're well, basically infinite, right, from, from our point of view, um, all encompassing, and, uh, and your thoughts are just just clouds that are coming and going, and, and you don't want to stop the clouds, you're not like, no clouds allowed, you know, like clouds are going to come and go, but, but you see a cloud, and, and, and you're like, oh, huh, look at that, it's a cloud, and then you watch it go, and then it's gone, and then another cloud comes up, and you're like, oh, look, a cloud. And you watch it and then it's gone and um, so instead of like you know jumping onto that cloud and grabbing onto it and and tearing into it and you know sinking your teeth into it and um getting getting emotionally attached to it you're just like yep that's a cloud so it's it's similar similar to that that's what being mindful is is all about it's like oh wow i just felt a lot of embarrassment about that thing i said to the barista that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> you know huh, how about that and then you let it go and then something pops up that's like oh my god i have so much work to do on this and you're like huh i do have a lot of work to do on that but you know mm. it'll get done and you let it go
0: that's a, so it's it's almost like letting go of control
1: yeah well you know, i mean we go. don't have control anyway we just right a, it's a big illusion that <laughs> right. we <can> really <laughs> have have control to begin with it's yeah. it's it's recognizing that we don't really have control over anything except how we respond
0: stop trying to wrestle the chimpanzee that's beating the crap out of you and just sit back and watch it instead yes yeah okay you're not gonna win you're not gonna (laughs) win against the chimpanzee (laughs) I wouldn't want to those things are crazy
1: no just Um, offer it a banana try to make friends with it maybe but (laughs) you're you're not gonna win
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's really uh that's you're absolutely right that's an interesting sort of thought experiment to do is just sort of sit back and and I don't and, and I've always been because I've thought about that a lot the whole barista thing you know we were talking about throughout my life Because so I've always wondered like not only does it pop up but why does it pop up and why does it continue like if I, I say that at nine o'clock in the morning enjoy your drink okay you too by the time I'm walking over the table Marty, like <laughs> the hell did you just say And then three o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, you really told that barista to enjoy your drink. Mm -hmm. And then you're like rationalizing with yourself. You're like, she's a barista. She hears that all the time because people just have preloaded responses in the chamber and fire them when they're prompted, you know, And, Mm and then you're laying down at bed at night and you're like, oh, it was a crazy day. I got a lot to do in the morning you believe what you said to that barista? Oh my God. Dude. <laughs> I have to see her tomorrow. Maybe I won't get coffee tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Maybe I'll go to a different coffee shop. In right. The yeah. <laughs> God, but what if she really needs the tip? You know, it's, you can go you can just spiral out of control with those things. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It's our brains are like built to spiral. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, it's unfortunate that we have to fight against sort of our, our nature there. Um, but yeah, it's so easily for, or so easy for, um, For us to do that and I don't I don't know why you know that's a that's an interesting um topic that I should look into why why is it that it's always embarrassing things that that pop up right when we're just like drifting off to sleep or have a quiet mind for once like nothing's really going on it's like oh hey remember that stupid thing you said yeah (laughs) (laughs) why is that why can't you be like you know oh remember that amazing you know uh date you had or like remember that awesome time you had at the beach like no it can't bring that up it's it's got to bring up the embarrassing stuff
0: yeah Or, or even worse some like stupid random thought like why would a lion be talking in wizard of oz you know, those like weird sort of random sort of, and then you're like, okay, now I got to roll over and grab Mm -hmm. my phone and start Googling.
1: Mm -hmm. Which is the worst thing to do when you're trying to fall asleep. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) And then it's, and then you go down the rabbit hole and it's 2am and your wife's like, aren't you going to sleep? And you're like, not right now. I'm figuring something out. It doesn't Mm -mm, Really important.
1: Really important stuff. (laughs) I'm solving problems here.
0: (laughs) I always thought it was interesting. Are you, um, are you a sports fan at all?
1: I, I am not. Um, I, I actually call all of them sports
0: ball. Um, oh, no sports ball. I'm <laughs> that's pretty much my wife. She's the same way. She's like, go, team, go. Okay, yeah. did our side win?
1: Yeah, that's basically me. My, my family, I'm from Washington, and my family loves the Seahawks. And so oh I feel like goodness. by default, I should probably support the Seahawks. Um, yeah. So for a while there, I learned like three of the players' names. I was really proud of myself. Uh, and now I think they're all gone. <laughs> so I have to do some more more learning about sports, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason I bring it up, I thought this was fascinating. Um, living here in northern Illinois, all of us who live here in the 90s remember the great Chicago Bulls teams of Michael Jordan, who played for the Bulls, who was Just an absolute icon at the time. And Mm -hmm. a documentary I was watching, there was a guy who spent an entire year with Michael Jordan. He was working on this book on him. And in this documentary, they interviewed him. And one of the things I thought was absolutely fascinating that he said is that when you look at somebody like Michael Jordan, he's six foot six. He wasn't the tallest guy in the NBA. He wasn't the fastest guy in the NBA. Um, He wasn't even necessarily the best shooter in the NBA. But the thing that made Michael Jordan stand out from everybody else is that he was, at any given time, he was nowhere but where he was at that moment. He said there are people who go off and study for years and meditate, trying to reach that level of self awareness and living in the moment. For him, it was just a default setting. So when he's out there and there's three seconds left and the game is on the line, there's absolutely nothing in his mind about except making that shot. None of the past mistakes, none of the the millions of people watching, all of that was just completely gone. Mm-hmm. And I thought for the longest time about how, obviously in a lot of ways that had to contribute to his success because he wasn't burdened by all the stuff that we feel ourselves burdened by every single day. Um, and I, So when I began reading um, your stuff about the, uh, you know, living in the present, being pre- present-minded, it kind of began to bring a lot of that back, like sort of like, not only can that be a really, really healthy thing, but it can also be an extremely productive thing if you're, you're so much more in a better mindset that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, being in the present—it's—it's it's a little morbid, but it sort of reminds us that life is going to end at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's—it's um, it's, being fully here right now is the best way to use your life. It's the—it's the best way to to live the life that you have left. Um, you, you don't wanna be stuck worrying about the future or ruminating over, over the past. And uh, the only way to truly honor this life that we live and to, to give it our all really is to, to be present. Um, and that's sort of like, I guess, getting more into, into philosophy uh, rather than like positive psychology. But um, yeah, it's, there, there's something about being present that is uh, foundational. Right. It's it's a really foundational thing. Like if you do one thing, if you want to do one thing to improve your life, uh, to be happier, to be healthier, um, it's being being mindful being present Mm -hmm. because everything sort of builds off of that, you know, Um, being optimistic builds off of that because you're not worrying about the past or, or, um, you know, anxious about the future. You're just in the moment. Uh, gratitude builds off of that, because how can you not be present and, and be grateful, you know, like mm-hmm. you're, you're here right now and you have a body that works and you can breathe and you have, you know, air to breathe and you have things to look at and you have senses to use. And how can you not be grateful, you know, for all of this that you have? So being, being mindful is just sort of like the, the smallest or, or not the smallest, the, the lowest, the, the foundational building block um, to, to living a, a happy and healthy life.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I also feel like not being self-aware can also lead you to miss things, you know, Like, if you're so busy focused on what the next step is that you're not looking at the current step here, and that's it. And I hate to keep coming back, but that's how you end up saying stuff like that to the barista. You know, that's because you're already thinking about, okay, I need to go over to that chair and sit down and then text my friend and enjoy your drink. Okay, you too. You know, you know, you know, it can leave you to, I think, miss out on a lot of little things. You know, the amount of times I'd be in a conversation or something like that. And afterwards, somebody'd be like, did you hear so and so say this? I'm like, no, I didn't. You, you were um, looking right at him <laughs> <laughs> well oh, I man. wasn't there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was, I was five chess moves ahead you know yeah. so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's true when when we go on autopilot is when things like that come out you know because we're not really listening we're not we're not using active listening we're not connecting you know with the barista on a on a deeper level we're just yeah you too you know uh-huh. okay we're just uh, saying the things that we were, we're programmed to say um, which, which works well in terms of like, uh, you know, social lubricant and and um, smoothing the the path to get through our day. Uh, but it doesn't help us be grounded and, and present and, and connected in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you driven home and, and you don't remember the entire commute? Because it's, it's all on autopilot. You're not actually experiencing any of it. You're, you're off somewhere else. And, you know, wherever you were is, is not more important than now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just, it's not, you know, the life that we've already lived, we've already lived it. We don't need to go back through it again. It happened, you know, we, we learned from it, things happened because of it, there were consequences and now it's over Mm -hmm. and, uh, jumping ahead in our life, isn't going to do us any good because, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. um and we can kind of try to do our best to to plan and prepare but as we mentioned earlier we have no control right right we only have control when we get to that moment so we can think ahead and we can try to plan everything out and we can go. Oh well, you know, I'm I'm thinking about X situation, so then I'll know what to do when I get there. But how often does that really happen? We get there and we're like, oh, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> you're right. No, instead we're spending time uh, binge watching our past on Netflix in our head while we're <laughs> should be focusing on where we're driving. Instead, you're like, man, yep. you know, remember that time in third grade? No. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so one of the things that um, I definitely wanted to ask you about. And I didn't, I basically, I wanted to talk about meditation and I didn't have any specifics written down to ask because it is a subject that I know virtually nothing about. I can't even pretend to act like I know like, oh yeah, meditation. I mean, (laughs) I did a lot of meditation in third and fourth grade because Ninja Turtles were really popular Uh and we all thought we were ninjas. And so of course that meant we had to meditate. So we had to go Indian style and hum and that meant we were ready to fight. That means I don't you know. meditated. Yep. I don't know, I don't know how <laughs> clinical that is, but we tried. <laughs> so I
1: remember doing that with my
0: brother. <laughs> so in any event, I'll just turn the floor over to you. When we talk about um, meditation, what is sort of the goal or aim? Um,
1: Well, it kind of, depending on who you ask, but most people will say there is no goal of meditation. Um, it's, it's not to get anywhere it's not to achieve anything it's not to um, score points or um, there's there's really no no end goal you never reach it um, anyone who meditates won't say yeah you meditate you know X number of hours or or until you get to the certain point then you're done you're good you know you've uh, you've done it you've meditated you gold star um, meditation is a is a practice it's something you do, uh, you know, should, I'm using air quotes here, should do um, every day. Because just like mindfulness, it helps you tap into yourself, into your own experience. It helps you clear your mind and um, think more constructively. It helps you be more optimistic. It helps you uh, be able to handle negative emotions and negative thoughts when they, when they arise, which they inevitably do. Um, it's, it's probably the, 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 the most important thing that you can do is meditation and, and mindfulness. And the two really go hand in hand because mindfulness is sort of like, uh, you know, as you go about your day, be mindful, you know, as you wash your hands, really feel what it's, what it's like to wash your hands, you know, notice the sensations and, when you're doing the dishes, you know, put your all into doing the dishes and don't let your mind wander, just sort of focus on the dishes. And when you're taking a walk, you know, look around you. And so mindfulness is, is being present moment to moment as you go about your day. And meditation is like sort of being super, super present, taking time to just sit and be present. So you're not focusing on doing, you're not focusing on doing anything in particular. You're just being I you know I'd say that's probably the best definition of meditation that there is. It's it's sitting and just being. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just being you. Uh, it's it's kind of a hard thing to describe, and I know I don't always do it the best. But we're just we're always doing something. We're always trying for something. We're always pushing for something. And meditation is just being. We're not doing anything else. We're not thinking about the past or the present or, or planning for the future or solving problems or, you know, processing emotions. We're just being. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it's, it's helpful to start with things like, you know, focusing on your body, right? So a lot of like guided meditations um, will start you off by saying, you know, do a body scan, which is sort of like scanning, you know, from head to toe and, and getting really present in your body and noticing like, oh, I have an itch there. And oh, like that, that hurts a little bit, or I have a body ache here or like, wow, I feel really good after I stretch today. Um, and then from there, uh, getting more into the mind. Um, so it, 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 they'll, they'll guide you, um, from sort of, day-to-day autopilot, not really focusing to, well, okay, we'll first focus on your body, you know, and then focus on your mind. It'll move to, you know, recognizing these thoughts that come up. And there's a ton of different uh, types of meditation. Like there's one that's, that's labeling. So you just label like when something comes up, whether it's a thought or whether it's a feeling. Um, and that just helps you be mindful and in, in the moment. And then there's things like loving kindness meditation, where, you know, you start by focusing on a person you love you like build up all of that love for them and you kind of cultivate it and grow it into something bigger. And then you, you know, you spread out that love. So there's a lot of different techniques, but, but the basis of meditation is, is just tuning in. It's tuning into you. It's, it's, it's just being, being in that moment.
0: That's cool. That's uh yeah. Yeah. That sends my head in like five different directions. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Our, uh, Are you or anyone in your family hunters by chance?
1: Actually, yes. Um, My dad, my dad is a big hunter. uh, And I used to hunt with him when I was a kid. It's been years though.
0: Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I, what I got thinking about when you were saying all that here, here in the Midwest, I'm a, I'm a hunter as well, especially come deer season when we get into the rut in early November and a big bow hunter and something that I discovered a long time ago. And I tell people about this who aren't hunters. I say, you know, if you're not a hunter, I understand that. I respect that. But that aside, there is something about being in a tree stand and getting out there a half hour before the sun comes up and staying there till half after sun goes down. And for 10 hours, you're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And how much a tune you get with nature doing that, especially like I said, when you get there before sun up and you get to like hear the forest wake up. You know, you get to hear, you know, the, you know, there's a little bit of fog rolling and you know, eventually the, you know, little rodents are moving, the little squirrels and rabbits, and then the birds are chirping. Um, At the end of the day, it's just dozens of species trying to get laid. I mean, when you, when you boil it down to what it really is, (laughs) but it does have its own level of beauty to it, you know, and the leaves are rustling. And you get to the point where I found that like, you had to play like certain mental games with yourself to keep from going crazy. (laughs) <laughs> like, because otherwise in that, because like, like, we're not wired for that kind of, or we don't think we're wired for that. I shouldn't say wired. We're wired for that kind of quiet. We're not trained for that kind of quiet. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're so used to the apps and the, you know, driving and the constant go, go, go that to just literally sit there and have nothing to do, but watch the world around you. And I, I what made me think about all this is just like you were saying, I found the best way to deal with that is to just not think. Mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise you find yourself thinking about something and that starts driving you nuts and then past thoughts start coming up. And then you're angry at Todd from fifth grade when he punched you in the arm and took your Voltron, you know, you just, (laughs) you get mad over dumb stuff. You know, it's Mm -hmm. so much easier to just sit there and just kind of absorb everything, the sunlight, the gentle breeze, and just take all of that in. And I found it insanely refreshing. And there were times where it was sort of like, I would be out there for 10 hours and I wouldn't see a single thing. And somehow or another, when you got down on the tree stand and got in your truck and drove home, you just felt refreshed, you know, it was, it was, it was such a cool feeling. There were times where I was like, you know, you know, I'm kind of happy that I didn't see anything today. I think mentally I may have needed this just to sort of, you know, recalibrate the, the cogs up there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you were just doing a prolonged um, mindfulness (laughs) experience. (laughs) You're ready for one of those silent meditation retreats. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you're right. There's not a lot of uh, hobbies that provide opportunity for that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's certainly something that I know my dad really enjoys about it is just the silence, is is being in nature, and you know, you don't have to try to impress anyone. There's no one around to talk to. There's, um, there's nothing you need to do, but, but wait and just mm-hmm. be. Um, and yeah, I have some really great memories of him and I going hunting, you know, four, four 30 in the morning. And, um, you know, we talk sometimes, but there was a lot of just really comfortable silence. Uh, and, and those were some really important bonding moments for us. Mm. Um, so, he, you know, he's, he's, he's a hunter and he's not exactly the, the meditation guy. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think he's probably closer than he thinks he is to it. Just like it sounds like you are, you Mm -hmm. know, um, it's most, most people, the, the thought of sitting with no, no distractions for 10 hours is ah! <laughs> horrifying. That's
0: why it's impossible to get anybody new into it. Like there's no way I can get another guy <laughs> my age who's never done to be like, no, it's going to be great, dude. We're going to get up. It's going to be cold. We're going to get up at four 30. We're going to drive out in the middle of nowhere, climb into a tree stand. And you're going to sit there and don't say a word.
1: Yeah. Don't talk to me at all. It's
0: going to yeah. be great. Yeah, because you'll blow the whole day if you do. You know, <laughs> that, yeah, that, <laughs> You know, and there's something weirdly primal about it too, because um, because of the reason you're there and you get to the point where you're, you know, you're so attuned to nature and so attuned to everything that's going on around you that on top of that, you kind of get lost and just sort of feeling everything. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere off the distance, a lethal crunch and you're... <laughs> you know, and the hair stands up on the back of your neck, and all of a sudden your heart rate picks up. And it is, it is such an insane, like, you know what it is it's a rush of adrenaline. Uh-huh. And as somebody who's driven fast cars and played sports and all that kind of stuff, there is no, like, I think, more primal adrenaline rush than being yanked out of meditation. I, I guess, as we're saying, for something that you're like, <sighs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it is one of the coolest feelings in the world. Absolutely.
1: I think the yeah. only thing more primal would be, uh, you know, if you're hunting something that could kill you. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, um...
1: <laughs> That's a whole other level of adrenaline there. <laughs> yeah.
0: I got a friend of mine who's trying to talk me to going on a hunting trip with him to Australia. And I'm like, no, the things there want to kill you. Yeah. You know, there's spiders, there's snakes, everything that is in the grass. Once you dead, they are like yep. you're there. To... And Illinois, the only thing I got to worry about is getting hit by a drunk driver on my way home because he had a great time at deer camp. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I have to worry about. That's the
1: only predator nearby <laughs> right.
0: for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, so if I read it correctly, I read on, um, I believe I read on one of your bios somewhere that you enjoy playing video games with your husband. Did I read that right?
1: I did. Yeah, it's. It's a, that's an old bio. It's an ex-husband now, but I do oh. still enjoy playing video games. Yeah. I've, been,
0: I've been there too, so that's all right. <laughs> um, what, uh, what are you into? Are you still active?
1: Boy, I don't have much time for video games anymore. Um, I'm actually sort of, I'm trying to actively carve out time for video games, which is very funny and a very big flip from how my life used to be. <laughs> I'm like, nope, I, don't, I can't work today because I got to play video games, you know, but it's, uh, it's something that I really enjoy. It's something that really does help me de-stress. And as you get older, you kind of stop you know, making time for it because other things are more important. Mm -hmm. Um, And generally they are, you know, I, I, I used to play way too, too much. Um, Like I used to play a lot. So it's, it's better now that I'm not playing too much versus, you know, playing the way too many hours, but the game that I put the most hours into was um, destiny
0: oh okay Bungie, yeah yeah,
1: yeah Bungie, yeah. yep i was a big fan my ex-husband and i played a lot of, of destiny together and mm-hmm. we had a good friend group and we'd you know do raids together and i certainly have a lot of really good memories of like saturday nights you know with the with the raid crew right. <laughs> playing destiny
0: <laughs> we yeah. got it. yeah those are um I just find that so interesting because it, it was going around on social media a couple of years ago. And it, I mean, it's still around of it. You know, a couple of kids playing outside in the mud and it says great memories weren't made playing video games. And I'm like, uh. you sure <laughs> i've got a couple choice ones i'm gonna tell you uh, yes oh my god
1: i mean that that feeling when you've been you know playing a new raid that just dropped for hours and hours and hours and hours and maybe even a couple weeks and you finally win mm. it's just the biggest sense of accomplishment <laughs> for
0: sure and
1: you're just all sort of yelling together and you know virtual <laughs> high fives and there's there's nothing like it it's it's certainly a team building activity you Mm -hmm. know if you're spending all of your time on video games alone then yeah you're probably not making the those really great memories and building the the same sort of skills but Mm -hmm. um there's there's uh, there's nothing like having a really good group and and achieving something like that together
0: oh for sure the uh the dopamine levels are just like insane when you've got a good group of people i've got the same thing (laughs) i've got a group now that i'm we met online through playing games and we've since become real life friends even though we live states away from each other you know we chat on facebook and texting all the time and um you know one of them has become a really good friend of mine scott i live in illinois he lives in michigan we've never met in real life but we've known each other for years he's actually the sponsor for this podcast um with the business that he runs in and yeah that uh and you're right, like it's different now. And I try to tell people that this is a rule of thumb. If you can only carve out 30 minutes a day for video games, you need to be carving out 60. That's what I tell people.
1: You know? Turning my own advice back at me. Yeah, I see. exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay fine so well maybe 30 for video games and 30 for meditation
0: you see there and you know what if you can find a way to combine the two and be in the moment then you can dominate you know you like <laughs> ascend <to> a <laughs> next level of human evolution or something <laughs>
1: yeah ultra awareness
0: <laughs> right yeah that's that's weird though the way our brains wire you know when it comes to playing those kind of things because it like and everybody who's ever played a game knows like somebody else will be playing the game and they're like hey what button do i press to do this you have to like
1: you have to imaginarily
0: think about it. hold the controller in your hand and try and remember because you do it without looking never mind the fact when you first start playing the game you're like okay this button does this this does this mm-hmm. and then you just get into this like free flow state of playing the game where you're just moving left right left right shoot shoot grenade move 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 and then when you actually like were to sit and look at the controller and say how did i do all that Mm. Like, like you kind of glitch almost <laughs> like mm, yeah I, I don't really remember but our brains just wire that way and just do do yep. do 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 yeah i
1: do yeah i you know um a kind of a relevant topic here is neuroplasticity you know that's the idea that the the brain can change and it changes through use we form paths through um how how frequently we use it Mm -hmm. um so that can be uh, a great thing for you know athletes who like kind of travel the same paths when they practice 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 and practice and, and build it up um and for you know for video games like you get so so good at it because you don't even have to think about it anymore. It's just the neurons are firing together in the right way and and it's, it's automatic. Um, And then it can, it can actually be a a bad thing. Like for PTSD, right. Is Mm -hmm. like um, you, you have the the pathway of trauma and, and the more that you get triggered and travel through it, like the deeper it sort of sets in. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really interesting how our brains uh, wire and, And that's something that it's really important to pay attention to, you know, because every day that we're using our brain, we're teaching it, uh, what to do in the future. So the more often, um, we do things that maybe aren't like the healthiest for us, but it's like, well, I deserve a break today. You know, the, the, if we do that too often, we're wiring our brains to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, it's important to remember, um, that you're training your brain all the time. And, and it's important to, to train it in, in the way that you
0: want it to go. Mm -hmm. And those neural pathways, they can, they can be a pain in the butt to rewire, but it's, it it is possible. It is definitely possible. I've, I've found that out. I've, I've, I don't know how scientific this is. I have no idea. I have no training or any background on this, but I found that typically about 90 days, I find that if I have a behavior or something that I'm doing, I have to consciously make an effort to do it differently. And usually by around the 90 day point is when it becomes habit and the old habit can kind of go away. But sometimes those 90 days can be a real pain in the butt, man. I mean, holy cow. Well,
1: ask (laughs) anyone who's quit smoking and they can tell you what a huge pain it is to have to reroute those pathways.
0: (laughs) I'm working on it, man. I am working on it. It is not easy. (laughs) It's Um, not. No, no. And especially, you know, you get your, just like you were saying, you get yourself caught in the, well, I've been really good for the past four days. I can take a break. And then that break becomes two days. And then Uh before you know it, it's like six months later, and you're like, okay, I got to try this again. Uh You (laughs) you get real, real good at that. Well, I want to, um, we're we're getting about into time here. I want to, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down on this podcast and have this conversation with me. Um, I guarantee you, Next time I go to Starbucks and I say something stupid, I'm going to laugh even more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Just remind yourself, you know, that we all do it. It's uh, it's not a big deal. She's probably laughing at it and not in a, you know, mean way. Right. Betty's he's going to remember that later. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I'm just going to, in my head, be like, Courtney told me to go look at the clouds. I got to go look at the clouds. Yep. Just go just... with the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> go, hmm,
1: well, I feel embarrassed.
0: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> not the first time, not the last time. Nope. Well, all right. Well, once again, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the podcast. This is a great conversation. Uh, I want to thank you so much. And uh, uh, I'm probably going to, somewhere down the road, reach out to you again in the future, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I just want to drop before we leave that uh, my next book is coming out on June 8th.
0: June 8th. Is, yeah. that, the, is that the Midnight Meditations?
1: It is, yep. That's yes. the Midnight Meditations. So um, it's a book full of exercises that you can use when you wake up in the middle of the night and you cannot get back to sleep, which I think all of us have dealt with at some point. Um, way better than grabbing your phone and, and getting the, the blue light filter, you know, like it's, uh, it's much better to, to tap into a little bit of meditation. And there's a bunch of different ones. There's some breath focused ones and, um, some body focused ones. And yeah. So, um, yeah, check that out June 8th. Uh, it's coming out, um, on, you know, Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and all of the big major retailers.
0: Mm. I will be reading that book cover to cover because it's <laughs> like one of the hardest things that I struggle with is just, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and it's, yeah, that's the, and that's the worst thing, especially when you wake up in the middle of the night and we don't like, as a society, we don't have clocks next to our bed anymore. Mm-mm. You know, you reach over and you tap your phone real quick to see what time it is. Why am I awake? And then there's like three notifications. You're like, oh, what did Jared say? Uh-huh. You know? And then before Sucks you know you it, in. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like. Yeah. That's been one of the neural pathways I'm trying to rebuild and just be like, no, I actually like just today ordered an alarm clock to like put next to my bed purely for the time so that I'm not tapping my phone in the middle of the night. And then, Uh yeah. And they've even said not even brain, but even like that messes up your cardiac rhythm too.
1: Yeah, it it really does. It really does. It it throws off um, everything about your own internal clock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we all do it, but <laughs> it's, it's like the worst thing you can do when you can't fall asleep or you wake up and you can't fall back to sleep is to grab your phone. You gotta try to avoid the phone
0: mm-hmm. at all costs at know. all costs. <laughs> and we all know it. Like we all we know do, it. <laughs> we do. It's
1: hard. <laughs> it's those neural pathways, you know?
0: Well, and sleep is just, it is so important and it's, it's like vital. every year that I get older, it becomes even more vital. You know, you remember like the days when you were like 19, 20, and you're like, "Ah, I can function on four hours of sleep. It'll suck, but I'm tough. I'll get through this 12-hour shift. No problem. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when you get into your 40s, you're like, (laughs) you You just like, you know, and I saw a meme the other day that made me laugh so hard where somebody was saying, if I go to bed before 11 o'clock, I lose. And their body is saying, what are you talking about?
1: No, you know? like <laughs> that should be your default. <laughs> I know.
0: But yeah. I, I think unfortunately we all feel that way. Cause sometimes it's like, by the time, you know, the kids are down and things are quiet, you're like, Oh, I finally have some quiet time. And you want that quiet time mm. to last, but mm-hmm. then you short yourself on sleep and then you start the day next day at even more of a deficit and it's
1: a big cycle
0: on and on. It goes for sure. For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I got them. Yeah. I am going to be reading that book cover to cover. I have <laughs> this one right now.
1: Oh yeah. That's my first one.
0: And I was kind of mad because when we first talked about being on this podcast, I'm like, oh, well, definitely. I started looking at the different books you'd written. I thought this one would be really interesting. Amazon just got it to me two hours ago. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> my plan nice was, timing,
1: Amazon. <laughs> yeah, my plan was
0: to get it and read it prior to this podcast, but instead, what's that section called? preface yeah that's where i'm at so, <laughs> so you <laughs> well, got pretty far <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, that will that will be my thing so again for the third time thank you so much for coming on the podcast um wish you nothing but the best and uh midnight meditations june 8th june 8th june 8th okay we'll yeah. be looking for that all right well thank you so much courtney
1: yeah thank you i had a great time <laughs>
0: thank you bye-bye bye all right so that was the podcast Courtney Ackerman. Um, hope you enjoyed it. I She was a lot of fun to talk to. She was a really great guest. Really intelligent person. Had a lot of really interesting things to say. It was great. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening to this podcast, for helping spread the word. It's been growing really, really well. And I cannot thank all of you enough. I want to say that I love all of you. I hope you take care of each other. And we will talk to you next time.